<laughs> hey, it's good to be here this morning. I'm so excited. Um, and we're going to get started, but you know what I want you to know? That I've been praying for each one of you that are here today. I've been asking God that whoever was to come this morning, that he would touch them and that they would have a breakthrough. So you've been being prayed for. And those of you online also, I've been praying and asking God, you know, let it be something that is said, not by me, but by God, that will make a difference in your life. After all, that's what we come here for, right? We come because we need something. And so I stand here and I'm going to pray and ask God that he would speak through me. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. So, Father, I just thank you for today. God, I just ask that you would speak through me and that whatever is said would be seasoned with your love. And, God, I ask and I pray that your Holy Spirit would do what it does best. Bring things to our mind and bring things to revelation, God, that we would be free. And, Father, I thank you for God's people today. I ask that they would be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. We're ready. So we're in a series right now. It's called Dumb Things Smart Christians Do. And I love that. I love that we receive words here that are real and down to earth. Things we need to hear. Because let's face it, we all have done dumb things. <laughs> I hate to admit it, but we have. We have done some dumb things. And it's usually in hindsight that we go, oh, why did I do that? But God is faithful and he has mercy and grace. And so that's what we're here today to learn about. Today, we're going to continue that conversation about dumb things smart Christians do. And so I just want to prepare you for that. And I think that all of us can relate to this topic it's about letting our minds run wild. We spend a, a lot of time letting our minds run wild. We, we let them wander, let it wander to wherever it wants to go. There's no parameters. There's no guidelines. We just think about what we want to think about. When we lose the ability to stay focused and concentrate and we let our minds wander, it becomes a problem. What happens is we lose focus very easily. Let me give you an example. Have you ever tried to read a book and you're reading the book and you don't know what you just read? Because <laughs> your mind just took off and wandered. And then you go, oh, and you recognize it. And then you go, I got to read that again. And then you go and read it. And then you're like, oh, I'm not concentrating. And so when that happens, it's a distracted mind. It's a mind that is free to reign and wander wherever it may go. And some of you today, you'll be sitting here and you'll be listening to me and a thought will come and off you go. You are consumed in that thought and you are going. It can be simple thoughts like what am I going to eat today after church? And now you're thinking about everything you love, everything that's yummy. The sad thing is, it's that you might miss what God has for you today. And so focus is very important. And in this society, sometimes we get distracted really fast. And so today I'm going to ask that we try our best to stay focused and concentrate. And I promise to try to keep your attention this morning. Amen? <laughs> well, let's think about it. Letting our minds run wild. Let's think about that. What does that mean? 
Well, it means that your mind has free reign to think about whatever pops in your mind. Good or bad, positive, negative, whatever it is, there's no parameters. In the dictionary, the word wander means to move about aimlessly. Doesn't have a destination, doesn't have what you're going to do, it's just moving around, no parameters. When we do that, we have what we call an undisciplined thought life. And if we're honest, we all could say we probably have had moments like that where our thoughts have got away from us. We all do it with a whole slew of thoughts coming our way that we have to contend with. And so we're just, we're just aimlessly going through our day, and you can notice that some days you're feeling kind of blue and you're feeling kind of low. I guarantee if you took an inventory on your thoughts, you would go, oh, that's why. I just allowed my thoughts to go into that direction. There's a research by Cleveland Clinic that reports that we have no less than 6,000 thoughts a day. No less. Some researchers report that we have about 50,000 spontaneous thoughts and images and ideas every day. Whether they're positive or negative, they intrude into our awareness. However, what is noted by those researchers is that majority of these thoughts, for some people, can be negative. They're shown that a lot of our thoughts are negative. Not for all, but for some, there's a good majority. One report said that 94% of the things we worry about, it doesn't even happen. We know that. We think about things and we're worrying about them. If we have that many thoughts in a single day, I think we should take stock in what we think about. Our thoughts are all over the board. They range from simple thoughts to more serious thoughts. Simple thoughts like, boy, this coffee's strong. Or to my favorite, what the heck is wrong with this person? He doesn't know how to drive. Or she doesn't know how to drive. I shouldn't just say he. Or how about, I really hate my boss. I'm so done, or a more serious thought, like I just want to die. Those are real thoughts that we have to contend with. Our mind is processing thoughts at a high speed, and God knew how important our thought life would be. He knew that it could be detrimental to our spiritual walk and our well-being. The Bible is very clear on speci and has specific instructions on what we are to do. It says in Romans 12, 2, that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. When we give our life to God, we become born again. We become a new creation in Christ. We are born again. Our whole being is born again. But our thoughts are not born again. We have to work at that. We have to make sure and renew our mind to make them come into agreement to what God says. We have to know what God says about any particular matter because then any thought can come in and we believe it to be true. And so once we start to renew our mind and know what God says, we can recognize that it's not what God says and it's something we're thinking and we need to renew it. 
In Philippians 2.5, it says that we are to have the mind of Christ. That can only happen, as I was saying, as we renew our thoughts. And we do this by reading and hearing the word of God. So we know. Like I said, we have so many thoughts that come into our mind. They can be thoughts that tempt us and they tempt us away from God. They can be thoughts of fear that paralyze us. They can be thoughts of pity where you're always feeling sorry for yourself and you don't understand, but you're always saying, if I only had this and if I only had that. They can be thoughts of depression and they can be suicidal thoughts. These type of thoughts, they're not of our new nature. They're not of God. These thoughts can be easily recognized that they are negative. And if we're honest and you name it, we probably have thought it. And we would be able to say that yes, at times, my mind runs wild and I need to renew it in some areas. And the dumb thing that we do as smart Christians is that we not do anything about the condition of our thought life. We work on everything else. We work on our health. We work on our education. We work on our, what type of career we want. We work on while we're gonna, what outfit we're gonna wear today. We work on everything. But if you only knew that up here is a mess, I look like I have it all together, but I'm walking around with thoughts of defeat, thoughts of suicide, thoughts of fear, but on the outside, I'm looking really good. The reason why I wanted to share this topic in this series is because I believe that as Christians, we need to be informed or reminded how important our thought life is our lives can be affected by what we think and what we dwell on. The Bible is clear what God wants for us. He wants us to be successful and he wants us to be happy and content and peaceful. However, if we are not proactive, and that's the key, if we are not proactive in our quest for God's best, we can struggle and we not even realize that it's our thoughts that are working against us. We're, all, we're trying, we're doing our best, but we don't realize that this goes with us every day. And there's what we hear, 50,000 thoughts that go through our minds. I've shared a piece of my story before about how for many years I believed a lie in a form of a thought. I believed that I was sad the enemy came and he sold that and he planted it in me because of a trauma of my mother's death. But God set me free. And that can happen. We can recognize that it's a lie of the enemy. We can recognize that because it's just, it's in us. And we're like, no, I don't think that's true. But today we're talking about something a little different. We're talking about the thousands of thoughts that cross our minds daily and how if we are not mindful and we don't learn how to stay focused on the positive, we can risk having God's best for ourselves. 
especially if the research says that a lot of our thoughts can be negative, then we can get off track. I know this to be true for myself because of the things that I've gone through in my own life. I've learned that our thoughts have the power to defeat us and they have the power to make us great. In Proverbs 23, it says that a man, it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. We are what we think. And it took me some time to realize that my thoughts and my thought life was making me miserable. I knew no better. I never challenged my thoughts. In those early years, I would have bad days. Heck, I'd have bad seasons. <laughs> where I did the dumb thing and let my mind run wild and allowed my thoughts to determine my mood and my happiness. For many years, I didn't know. I didn't know this. It was just some, we, I mean, unless somebody tells us, how do we know to start to examine your thoughts? I would think of thoughts of defeat and insecurity all the time. I was afraid to step into ministry. I knew that God had a call on my life, but I was afraid. It seemed too hard because I had all these negative thoughts about who I was. I would think defeating thoughts all the time. It was a pattern that I was stuck in and I would limit myself from the things that God had for me because I thought I wasn't enough. My thoughts sounded like this. I can't do this, God. I just can't. How can you use me? My life's a mess. How can I help people? I'm afraid. I don't want to talk in front of people. It's too hard. There are others that are way better than I am. God, I just can't. Thank God. I learned those were negative thoughts. Thank God. Once I started learning God's word and I realized that he loved me and I started renewing my mind and I started recognizing that it's not me anyway, it's him that will flow through me. Once I started doing this, I started getting my confidence. And I started realizing that God, he wouldn't let me fail. And even if I do, you guys love me. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay to fail sometimes. It's okay to be nervous. And it's okay to be afraid. That's okay. But what was happening is I was getting stuck. I was believing this pattern that I didn't realize I had. I just had low confidence, I thought. I thought it's just I really didn't have enough. But you know what? It's not me. It's him that lives in me. And when we step into what God has called us to do and we take that step, he shows up and he meets us. And I thank God that I didn't get stuck in that unhealthy thought pattern. And I thank God that I started to learn the word and people spoke into my life and said, Lisa, there's a call on your life. And I would say, a smile, but in my mind, all those thoughts were going, I'm not good enough. I have nothing good to say. 
But I want to say to you today, for those of you that are sitting out there, and I know who you are, I see you, and I know that God has a call on your life. And I bet it has to do with some of those thoughts that you're saying, I can't. I can't, God. And I'm telling you, what you're seeing here today is a miracle of a young girl that thought she couldn't do anything that was worth it, anything worthy. I was so unworthy. But I started believing, and I started to think about, okay, God, help me to renew my mind. Help me to receive your truth. And he would encourage me. And I read that I was made to do this. You are made to do this. So when that thought comes and says you can't do it, it's a lie. And God gave me a new heart. And I had a love for him. I loved him so much that I would do anything. I had to get past those thoughts and those fears. But I had to do something. I had to say no to the thought of fear. And I had to say yes to God. Our thought life is serious because our thoughts can determine our success. I could have stayed in that insecurity and in that mindset of I can't. And who knows? God's opened up some amazing doors for me. What is interesting about thoughts is that we all have different thought patterns. Not everyone has the same cycles of thought. Some have very positive thoughts, and that is awesome. I love to be around people that are optimistic. They're, they're great. Have you ever been around an optimistic person and you're trying to have a pity party? It doesn't work. It does not work because you're trying to go somewhere they don't let you. They're like, no, it's going to turn around. Just plug, just keep plugging in. I love those people. They're awesome. But either way, positive or negative, thoughts can matter. And we need to understand this if we're going to be smart Christians. If our thoughts go against what God says and we don't challenge them, they can hurt us. And they can become our pattern, and they can become our habit. We follow our thoughts. Pastor Tim has been teaching a great series, series right now. That's God. I want to know what he has to say. <laughs> I've been always wanting to do that. <laughs> Perfect timing. Tell him, is he interrupting the message? That's okay. Um, Pastor Tim has been preaching some great messages over the past few weeks. His message on bad decision and the message on living distracted, these both are definitely tied to our thoughts. When we make a poor decision, it starts with a thought. When we get distracted, it starts with a thought. We need to be proactive about this. This is why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10.5 that we are to cast down imaginations, those are thoughts, and pull down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and make it obedient to Christ. So what that means, it means that we are to cast down every imagination, every thought. If it doesn't sound like God, it's, it's, I can guarantee it's not God. 
and you are to pull it down. That means not just, oh, it means, you know what? No, I don't receive you. Pull you down. I'm going to make you obedient to what God says. You say I can't, but God says I can. God says a greater is he that is with me than he that is in this world. I can do all things through God who strengthens me. It's not me anyway. It's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. He dwells and he lives and he abides in me. And so if he says I can do it, I can do it. So you lying spirit, get out of here. That's how it sounds. It sounds like that now, but it wasn't like that for me for many years. I'd say, okay, okay. <laughs> so the Bible's very clear. Pastor Tim also mentioned that we have a sin nature in our flesh. And we have a battle to contend with. Because that sinful nature, it's attached to us everywhere we go, all day long, all our lives. And we are urged and we are pulled towards things. And our thoughts play a big role in that. We can have carnal thoughts, thoughts of lust, thoughts of rebellion, and thoughts of pride. Those are clearly thoughts of the flesh. And when they come into our mind, we ponder them. And we think things we don't want to think. Instead, we are to pull them down and destroy them. Because we now have the mind of Christ. And the spirit of God lives within us. In Romans 8, 5, it says, Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. So if we are followed by this, there's no good thing in this flesh. No good thing. And this scripture says that if we are led by this, then we're going to think things in the flesh. But it says that those who are led by the spirit, and that spirit dwells in us, we will think on things of the spirit. It's an action it's we have to be proactive it says that we are to set our minds on the things of the spirit so what that means is that we need to set our minds we need to tell our minds they don't just get to it doesn't get to just go wherever it wants to go in romans 17 apostle paul shares with us about his own experience with his thoughts and how he viewed them as part of his battle he stated that the war was in his mind. He talked about the battle he, he faced with his flesh. If the war is in our mind, then we have to be mindful of what we're thinking about. We have to not get in the habit of negative thinking. And we have to make a decision to go positive. I read a study, it was a case study, and the question was, can negative thoughts become a habit? And the answer was absolutely. Did you get that? Can negative thoughts become a habit? Yes, they can. When we practice worrying and we get better over time, worry is maintained by what we call ritualized reassurance. We think of all the negative scenarios that could possibly, possibly occur, and then we think of ways that we would survive them. That's hilarious, because I do that. 
And I know if I do that, I know if you're honest, you do that. You think about, okay, if this happened, and then if that was to happen, and then, I'm, then I would do this. And it's true what this report says. It says that we think about it, we worry about it, and then we calm ourselves down by thinking what we would do to get out of it. And it hasn't even happened. And so that is so suspicious to me when I read that case stu study because I go, I do that. I'm really working on it. Um, researchers have also proven that negative thoughts stimulate the areas of the brain responsible for feelings of depression and anxiety. On the opposite, positive thoughts produce hormones throughout the body that give us feelings of peace and calm. Think about that. Positive thoughts give us peace and calm. Thus, there are rock-solid science so it's rock-solid science explaining why deeply spiritual people who practice mindfulness and centering prayer, they are happy and peaceful. Blessed are the peacemakers because they're positive. Might I suggest that any time is a great time to recognize and refuse the temptation to go negative. Spend some time in prayer for, a, for mindful eyes and a centered heart that sees the goodness of God. We have to be proactive and be mindful. It's hard, I know this, especially in this season that we are coming out of and still going through, it's very hard. When I was thinking about what God wanted me to share about during this series, and I was praying, you know, Pastor Tim approached me and said, Lisa, we're going to do this series, and I want you to start praying about what God would have you share. I started praying and asking God, what would you want to say to them, to you guys? And it was almost as if he highlighted an area that I was walking through at that very moment. God does that. I had been talking to God, and I had been struggling over the past year and the whole 2020, and the condition of my heart was not good. I had been struggling with some thoughts, and they were all over the board, mainly thoughts about the division in the world. We are facing COVID. We are facing shutdowns political agendas, different stances that people were taking. I was sitting back and watching people be divided. And I was watching people facing fear and facing this disease. And like many, I was suffering from the stress of it all. And my heart felt like it was becoming jaded from the whole thing, I wasn't trusting anyone. I didn't trust the government. I didn't trust the doctors. I didn't trust anybody. I was hearing so much information and I was trying to process it. And it was clear that 2020 has, had caused some negativity to settle in my heart and my thoughts. And as a person of faith and unity and kindness, I knew that I needed to deal with these issues that were in my heart. 
And what I had been talking to God about over the last several months, I kept asking him, God, help me. Help me that I won't get bitter. Help me that I'll get better through this. Help me to process what's going on in the world. I knew I needed to dealt with it. I knew I needed to deal with it. I knew that if I didn't get what was happening in here, I didn't want it to skew the way I was responding to certain things. See, after all, I want it to be a vessel that God worked through, and I wanted to help his people during this awful time. But I myself was having some issue. And so I was asking God. I was saying, God, help me. I had been feeling unusually negative and disturbed with my future, with what the future would hold for myself, my kids, and my grandchildren. I was really thinking about that. And one afternoon, regarding what I had been going through, I was really asking God. I was crying out, actually, saying, God, you need to heal me. You need to help me because I want to be able to help people, and I'm struggling. My thoughts are all over the board. And I heard him speak, and he gave me an instruction. And he told me, if you do this, I will help you. Sometimes we ask God for freedom. And we want him to take it away right now. And sometimes he does. But sometimes he gives us an instruction. And it's up to us to put the work in it. We want, it, we want to be free. We want God to do something. And we go to him and we say, God. And Pastor Lisa went to God and said, God, I need help. And he said, okay, I want you to do this. And it's true. God does give instructions. I believe that he does this in a way to work something out in us or to see if we'll obey and we'll listen. Sometimes when we're faced with a problem and we pray to God and we ask God help us and he gives us an instruction, sometimes it's to see how bad do we want it. We want freedom. I know everybody in this house wants freedom. And you're praying and you're asking God and he's saying, okay, I need you to do this. And I'm going to show you in the word where he does do that. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible where there's an instruction and it's found in 2 Kings. His name was Naaman, the commander of the army. He was an honorable man. He was a good man. The scriptures tell us that he needed a, a healing. He was a leper. Naaman needed a healing that no medical provider could give him. He needed a miracle. So Naaman was sent to Elijah. Elijah was a mighty prophet who did miracles. And so Naaman was sent to him. And he, they told him, go, go over to Elijah and you'll get a miracle. So he said, okay. He rounded up his men and he started to go over there. But when Naaman started to approach where Elijah was, Elijah sent a messenger out to Naaman. He sent a messenger. And Naaman stopped and he says, Elijah said to dip yourself in the river seven times and you will be healed. Your flesh will be clean. Naaman was so mad. He was so mad 
that he turned around to leave. He was furious, it says. The Bible says he was furious and he turned in rage and he was leaving. He was so mad because he expected Elijah to greet him because of who he was. He expected Elijah to lay hands on him and that he would be healed. He wanted special treatment for his faith. And he decided how God should do it and how God should heal him, especially as important as he was. He was not about to wash in that dirty river. He said, why did I come all this way when there's rivers where I live? Does he know who I am? I'm not going to go get in the river and get in there seven times. And he started to leave. And his servant stopped him. And there was a servant with him. And the servant said, no, just do it. You've come this far, just do it. If God's going to heal you and this man heals people, let's do what he says. And so Naaman said, okay. And he went and he dipped himself in the river seven times. And when he came out, he was totally healed. His flesh was like a child, the Bible says. See, we all do that. We all want things from God. And when God doesn't do it in the way we think, we think, oh, it's, let's try it this way. And we go another way. What if Naaman would have went home? What if Naaman would not have followed the instructions? He, he would not have got his healing. And God could have healed him way at his house. But God wanted him to come and do exactly what he was told to do. And so we can be like that. God can give us instructions. Pastor Lisa got an instruction. And we could get instructions. And we say, hmm, so God is asking me to forgive this person. I don't want to. He doesn't understand. I can't forgive this person. He do, you don't know what this person did to me. And God is saying, I want you to forgive them so that I can forgive you for everything that you've done. And sometimes we don't want to follow the instruction. Sometimes we ask God, God, we need more. I, I don't have enough for my bills. I don't have enough for this need. God, I need you to bless me. I need you to move on, on my life. I need to have enough. And he says, I want you to give. Give me it's your money, but give me my portion. The Bible gives an instruction. And you go, God, if I give, I'm not going to have enough. And so we don't follow the instruction. But I know that there have been times when I have not had enough. And I say, if this does not enough for the need, then it must be a seed I need to sow this thing because I need God to move in my life. And so God sometimes does require that. Or maybe you're saying, God, I need you to touch my family. I need a miracle in my family, God. And he's saying, okay, I need you to serve at church in a ministry because that's my family. And as you serve in my family, I'll do this. And it's not like God's bought, 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 um, what, what is that word? Bartering with us. He's just saying there's an instruction. You move and I'll move with you. And that's what he did with Naaman. I'm, I'm just thankful that Naaman stopped him. Thank God for those that say, whoa, 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 let's stop. Let's see. What did God say to do? And then 
he did it and he followed the instructions and he got healed. So back to my instructions. I was hurting. I was crying out. And I knew my heart and my thoughts were not in a good place concerning what the future would hold for my children and my grandbabies and what I was hearing um, everywhere. Everywhere I turned, I was hearing negativity, negativity, negativity. And I was in an unhealthy condition, and God gave me an instruction. And it was clear. I heard him. He said, Lisa, challenge every thought. He said, and I want you to go on a 60-day detox of all the negative scenarios that you're playing out in your head. See, I had been struggling for months. And he also said, as you do this, I will show you how to overcome. And he gave me a scripture, and the scripture was Philippians 4.8. And he told me to follow it, that I was to think upon everything true, good, and pure. And not give any place to the negative rhythms that were playing in my soul. And I was to cut out every unnecessary thing that was causing me distress. He also gave me another scripture. And the scripture was 2 Corinthians 10.5. That was that I was to take every thought captive. Every thought that did not line up to what he said. He said, I want you to challenge it and I want you to take it captive. And I want you to think about everything that's good and true and pure. And I was like, okay. Okay, God. There's an instruction. Remember, I love the story of Naaman. So I was already, I already knew, okay, God wants me to do this. So I began to think about what I was thinking about. And I started think, taking every unwanted thought and I started taking it captive. And I began to limit what I was taking in, such as news. I was watching news. It was bad news. And I was just taking it in, taking it in, taking it in. Social media. I started to limit myself, and I wasn't taking in social media. And I started staying away from conversations that were negative about what was going on around the world. And I started doing the detox, and I started thinking about everything that was pure and good because I knew I wanted my freedom. And I called a few friends for accountability and I shared with him what the Lord was dealing with me and the instruction and the condition of my heart. And I asked one of them to pray. I said, pray and see if you'll do it with me. And the funny thing is, is that she said, okay, well, how do we do this exactly? <laughs> I said, I don't know. I've never done it. I just know that I'm going to detox everything bad, everything negative. And everything that's good and true and pure, that's what I'm going to think about. And she said, okay. So my detox started. And first it was hard. It was very hard because I was in a pattern. I was in a destructive pattern of thoughts. I was thinking things that I was unsure about the future and about what the future would hold. And I started realizing, oh, my God, I am in this. Because I would just, I would stop thinking about it and I would just be at work. And then all of a sudden, like a familiar song have you ever been listening to a familiar song 
and you just start humming the words or you're driving down the road and you can't get this tune out of your head and you're just, da, 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 da. you're just in it, you know, you just, you just keep doing it. Well, that was what was happening in my thoughts. As I recognized, once the Lord told me that I was to detox, I realized that I was singing along to these familiar thoughts of negativity. And I would try my best, and I would say, oh, and I'd go, and I'd start working, and I'd say, I can do all things, and I would replace it like he said, and I would think about things that are good and lovely. And then before you know it, I was driving home, and there was that familiar song. I'd start going into that negative thought pattern like, oh, I just hate COVID. And I would start with that. Usually I hate COVID, and we probably all hate COVID. (laughs) But that was probably where I started. I hate COVID. And then I'd start thinking about everything else that was happening in the world. So as I started my detox, and the battle was hard, like I said, and I knew. The only thing that I knew that was different about this time is that I went to God and I asked him, and I knew the condition of my heart was wrong. And he said, you know, he gave me the directions, and I started to do it. And I started turning off the media, and I started turning off the conversations, and I started, I wouldn't, if the conversation, if I was on the phone and the conversation would go negative, I would just say, I have to get off this phone. I wouldn't say it to the person. I would just kind of excuse myself from the conversation. And I knew these things. After all, I said, I already know this stuff. I know that we are supposed to replace this and move this. I know that God can give me the victory, but I knew that I was struggling because I was listening to the wrong source. See, I was looking for answers. Somewhere in 2020, I was perplexed. As a woman of faith, I wanted answers. I wanted to be able to help God's people. And I was watching everybody take sides, and I was watching all the stuff that was happening, and I was so perplexed that I started searching for answers. And in my quest for answers, I started looking towards the news and what my friends were saying on media and all this stuff. And so I was looking at the wrong source. And unknowingly, by doing that, unhealthy mindsets started to form and be planted in my own heart. And I didn't realize that. I, I realized that fear came in, and I realized that distrust came in, because I wasn't trusting anybody. And I said, God, you're gonna have to help me. And little by little, I would try to do this. And little by little, I would see myself and the negativity would come in and it would creep back into my heart and I'd be humming like that and my faith would get weakened and then I realized this is why God said for me to do it for 60 days because this is going to take some time and after I noticed and I started recognizing I said okay like an alarm would go off and I'd say okay I'm I am going to get freedom in this And alarm would go off, and I would go after it with more diligence and intensity. And I started really working at it, and I was finally doing it. I was in a detox. And I started purposely thinking about what was good and what was pure in God's word. And I started replacing every negative thought, and I was doing it. I was saying, okay, no, my kids will be fine. And I started saying, God is in control. God, There is nothing bigger than God. And I started really thinking about what I was thinking about. And I began to start to think God. Some, when, when you don't know what to do, start giving praise. And I started saying, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And, and at, at that time, I got my breakthrough. See, because I'm a woman of faith, 
And when unhealthy thoughts were in me and I was living by them, there was a conflict in my soul because I wanted to believe what God said. I wanted to believe and have the breakthrough. And it was so eye-opening for me that I not only did I get freedom, I started changing the way I thought about things. What I want you to know is that he knew. See, God knew when I asked him, what would you like me to share with God's people? He knew that if I was struggling, there were others that were struggling. And God knew that his body was struggling with all that we had gone through. And I had started talking to different ones and talking to people and asking them. And I found out that a lot of people were struggling with, it was almost like a PTSD from what we came out of 2020. We were all feeling kind of like, ugh, like we were rocked with fear. We were rocked. And see, God knew it. And because God knew it, he said, Lisa, I want you to share this message. And I want you to tell them that they don't have to listen to every lying thought that comes to their mind. He is on the throne. He is the answer. And he is the solution. But sometimes he gives us an instruction. And we have to follow that instruction. And if you're out there and you're saying, I have let these thoughts dictate my life. I have allowed my mood and my happiness to be based on what I'm thinking. See, he knew that. He knew that there was many that were dealing with stress and anxiety. And I'll tell you why. The enemy wants us to be bombarded. See, the world is looking for an answer and we are the answer. We have the answer and the answer is Jesus. He's the answer. But when the devil comes and our thoughts come and we are bombarded with images, real things, real things are happening. People are dying. The devil wants to bombard us so that we would walk through this world unsure and uncertain because we are to be the light of the world. We are are to be that light in this dark world. But the enemy wants to convince us so that our lights will go dim. He wants to sit us out. But what I'm asking you today, that if it's you and you're thinking, I can't do anything, I'm struggling in my thoughts, I'm not happy, then I'm asking you to stay and get breakthrough and pray. But I asked him to worship because I always believe everything starts with worship. Because when you make a decision and you say, I'm going to worship God, Regardless of what I feel, regardless of what I think, God can do anything. He did it before, he'll do it again. And I came out of that detox and I came out strong. And I am ready. And when I see people, I say, oh, don't believe that lie. And would you get before God? And will you say, let today be my day? I believe you, God. You can do it. You can do anything. We have to say, God, you will do it again. You're not done. He's not done. Regardless of what the world looks like, regardless of what you're going through, God is the answer. He is the solution. The key to it all is to recognize, to recognize when you're in a spot. I recognized it, and I asked for help. 
That is the key this morning. I do not want you to leave. If you are struggling, I want the prayer team to come up. If you are struggling, we want to pray with you. We want to encourage you. We want to give you the tools that is needed. Because yes, we are going through things. And yes, sometimes it can seem like the future is uncertain. But like in my own detox, I'm ready. I'm ready to help God's people come out of those negative patterns.